We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You know what? When Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins don't play, you know, you kind of don't expect it to be a fun game, Andy, but that was a really fun game. I watched every single second like you. I was very excited tonight coming in because, you know, we knew that Smiley Geach was going to play minutes, but it was a Jordan Poole show. So, yeah, it was awesome. It was it was amazing. All down to the last second, I, I thought I was like, oh, I'm going to eat dinner. I'm just going to ignore the last quarter. Couldn't. I watched every. It was amazing. It was and it was it was an amazing stress free game before we get the uh, uh, right. we get the play in stress that we're about. To so get it's in the next so game. let's uh, let's throw this out there for people who maybe aren't aware, but like the this game doesn't matter. They still need to win Sunday against Memphis to get the eighth seed. Uh, that's why the Warriors didn't play their main guys tonight, and also why Memphis mm-hmm. didn't play any of their guys tonight. Um, I think my first take from this game though is. I don't know if I want to say Jordan Poole has arrived, but Jordan Poole is officially too good for this level of basketball. And that is a really welcome. I thought that when you, when you tweeted that, I said, that's how I was feeling too. Watching him. I'm just like, it's, it's like he's playing in the G league, right? It's like in the beginning of the season when he was playing in the G league and you're watching him and you're like, damn, he shouldn't be playing. He should be in the NBA. And now you're, now you're in the NBA. And I guess some of these Pelicans guys are, are maybe G Leaguers, but but it's, it's still the NBA. And you're like, yeah, he shouldn't be playing. He's too good for this level of basketball, which tells you that he's a real NBA rotation player now uh, on a night-to-night basis, which which is huge for the Warriors, not just this season, but for the next five seasons, for the next decade. Huge, Massive. huge for them because we've had questions about their ability to draft and develop. Yep. Um, and particularly since he's a number 28 pick, <laughs> Excuse me. 
I'm sitting in my throat. Um, no questions, by the way, guys. We're going to get to questions in like 10 minutes. So if you guys could hold off on asking until that, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I mean, he had his career high tonight, 38 points. It doesn't even matter what he scored. And he had six assists. It doesn't even matter what he scored, in my opinion. Like, he could, he got whatever he wanted tonight, right? He had that scary fall where I thought he might have got hurt. Um, turns right. out it wasn't that serious. Um, Jordan Poole, by the way, uh, he's got a little Steph Curry in him where every <laughs> fall makes you, like, you think, like, oh, man, that's that that's it. Yeah, amputation, you know? Like, that sort of thing, but it's like uh, it, it might just be like the expressions. The well, you know, so some guys like uh, Draymond's kind of the opposite. Draymond can be like the opposite, where you're like, dude, you look very hurt, and you're like limping around, but you're acting like it's nothing. But yeah, well, well Steph does the uh, Steph does the. Oh no, no, I'm good. I'm That's good. true. Get up That's true. You can say, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I think Jordan Poole is more than Anthony Davis, where it's just that the guy was writhing on the ground. Said, what do you expect Warriors fan to feel like, right? I'm sitting here and I'm like, holy shit, does he have a high ankle sprain? Now, when he walks off on his own power, I'm like, okay, at least that's not a high ankle. But I'm like, that's at least a couple weeks. And then you watch him walk off and he's back on the bench. And I'm like, all right, now he doesn't even have ankle up. So he's fine. And then he goes back in. And so that reminded me of AD because AD falls on the ground four times a game. And he's always, you know, AD is the worst. Yeah. He's the worst at it. Just the worst. And you and I can both speak from this from a fantasy basketball person. Never draft <laughs> Anthony Davis. It's like anyone who plays fantasy basketball knows about the Anthony Davis fall. Um, <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, I mean, the, the important thing is he, he, you know, rarely has serious injuries. He, he never has year, a but like, one. That's the thing. He never does. But it's like it's, it's just from a viewership perspective, like you – Every time they grab something, it's it's not like you're not buying it. Like you don't want to be like that's not right. serious. The one right. time it is serious, right? So right. it just it, it gives you it evokes a little anxiety in you as a viewer. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, um, but good that he's healthy. Uh, he came back in and play. I don't know why he did, but hey, I mean he must have felt fine enough. He made the game winning basket, so it all worked out. The Warriors, do you call it momentum, Sam? But whatever. Either way, pretty cool finish. Uh, pretty sweet out of bounds play from Steve Kerr at the end, where he had Nico uh, get the ball, pull come off right, the screen, fits. right? Pretty sweet. It was nice though. <laughs> it was nice. It was. They, pull, they pulled the center away uh, by by having Water be the shooter there. So it was pretty, but uh, yeah, good game. A uh, couple other points on this game, then we'll move to Memphis and callers. Uh, Michael Mulder, excellent game. Uh, Mulder, I know he's not your favorite player, but I think he's a legitimate shooter. I think he's an NBA player. I don't know that the Warriors maybe need to carry him and Damian Lee next year. Uh, we're assuming they're going to upgrade the talent, but like I think both of them fit the bill for shooter off the bench, maybe deeper in the rotation. Some nights they're not playing heavy minutes, but some nights when you call on them, you know you can count on them to do certain things. I thought Mulder played an excellent game tonight. And I, I think if he isn't a Warrior next year, he's at least proven – uh, he can play in the NBA. Uh, you know, he's a little undersized, but he can shoot the ball. And uh, he's definitely smart enough to understand how to move and cut and do the things needed. Uh, you're right. I, I am hard on Jordan Poole. I mean, excuse me, on Michael Mulder, because I think uh, the frustration, the in-game frustration right. is where it comes. Like after the game, I'm like, you know, a little bit more calm, I think. But during the games, I'm more like, this guy's this guy is missing shots when he's open. And it's a lot of pressure to make those shots coming off of Steph and Draymond, right? 
in in big moments of basketball games that he's never played in. So I'm looking back on this time and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. A, a lot of my criticism has been just, I just want him to make shots that I know Clay Thompson would make. But like, I, that's not realistic. <laughs> that's not realistic at all. So uh, it, it's been uh, it's been that type of season. You, you you lash out at players. That's what Warriors fans have been going at Ken baseball all season. So but right. Moldo on a lesser level. But yeah, I what he'll probably be on the team next season as like a ninth, tenth, eleventh guy. So I mean, it's cool. It's cool. I just his shots just looks weird. Even though it went in like eight times today, it, like he made a bunch of threes. But I can't get over how weird it looks for a shooter. It, it is it's funny. Like um, it's not as over. it's not as pure as like like Damian Lee, prototypical shot. So, um, but I do agree with you there. Uh, let's let's talk Eric Pascal. First game Pascal's played in uh, what two months? Maybe three months, right? Something like that, mm-hmm. and. I thought he played generally well. Um, I think the more important thing here is uh, Pascal getting healthy. Do you think he plays in the playoffs? Do you think he plays in the plan for the Warriors? No, no, and I, and I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't think he does, and I hope he does. Okay, so so two of the same things. I I, I really don't know why Eric Pascal should be playing. Um, Two ways like we can take this conversation. We can talk about Eric. Uh, we can talk about Fitz talking about Pascal, or we can talk about our evaluation of Pascal. Yeah, uh, let's 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 let Fitz. Uh, let's leave the Fitz <laughs> thing to the side. We'll, you know, for a second, I, I'll, I'll, we'll both get into Fitz slander by accident <laughs> later. Anyway, I just I don't think. First of all, he hasn't played in two months. Like like you just said, the Warriors are going to be playing high pressure basketball on a team that's pretty good rhythm. And also, where would you play him? Why would you play him? Playing an eight-man rotation is not a problem in a must-win game. I guess technically it's not a must-win game, but it'd be nice if they win the next game, right? So it's a must-win game as far as I'm concerned. Why would you throw someone out there who's, one, hasn't played in two months, and two, even when he was playing basketball, wasn't very good at basketball. He do not really play defense, doesn't really make shots, and outside of him making unsustainable mid-range shots, it kind of don't eat him on the floor. I think Steve Kerr is going to play him – First off, I don't think Steve Kerr is going to play him against the Grizzlies because he probably doesn't need him. But if they play the Lakers, I'm willing to bet you he throws him in there against the Lakers. And it's going to drive Warriors Twitter insane. (laughs) But I go back to the fact that the Warriors played the Lakers twice this year. They beat them once. And the one game they won, Rascal owned at the small ball five. You're right. Um, I think if I was to guess in the playoffs, that's going to be his role. He's going to be curs um break the glass if i need a guy to change the rhythm of the game at the five position player like the mcadoo the um i, I mean jesus Kerr loves to have these weird center guys <laughs> but anyway i could just totally see him going to it may work it may not if it works he looks like a genius if he doesn't work you know he's gonna go on stage and um you know he's gonna get excuses but anyway um i think that's kind of i think that's probably what's gonna be like I kind of was thinking Pascal would have a better year this year, but you know, he just kind of bad luck with health. And this has been a weird year in general. Like I don't want to write him off overall, but like it's been a weird year. The, the health stuff is the biggest part. Um, The Jordan poor. So before the season, I was actually pretty high on Eric Pascal because I I just thought, Hey, maybe he could be small ball five Montrez Harrell type. I'm just going to assume that he got better shooting from three, right? Or nine, yeah, nine, nine months. You're thinking he would be a better shooter. Maybe, yes, maybe, yes. yeah. 
Maybe. maybe. <laughs> didn't, it didn't happen. The health stuff kind of sucked. Half the season, it felt like he couldn't move. Like, he had, like, no elevation. So, we'll see what happens. And then it's the stuff with Jordan – and then the opposite with Jordan Poole happened where he was so bad shooting last season with some of his shots and decision-making. But all of that turned around. All of that. And you're like, wow. Now now he's now he dropped 40 almost tonight. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's kind of Jordan Poole. So, I'm with you, though. I guess you can't write off Eric Pascal, But I don't – I just don't see the reason why he should be playing in, in these type of games right now. It'd be almost unfair to him. A little bit out there, just throwing up to the wolves. So, just play JTA more. Have him play forty minutes. Yeah, JTA is always the answer. That's basically <laughs> this. This podcast has now devolved to Steph Curry, Draymond Green, JTA. Answer to everything. You know, it, there's a problem with your electricity. Call one of those three guys to fix it. <laughs> um, nah, I don't know. It's it a better example than plumbing, right? Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say like relationship, but yeah, those work too. <laughs> Either one. Yes. Either one. Your girlfriend breaks up with you, call JTA. Yes. Call that's, JTA. that's the move. <laughs> He'll be there for you. Um okay. by the way, his his by the way, his clip uh with him calling his mom, uh and, and then him crying, pretty awesome. Uh pretty if you guys, I'm sure everyone in here and people that are listening on the podcast have seen it already, but if you haven't, I thought it was pretty cool. And right after Mother's Day. So I thought it was pretty sweet. I have I have one take on that, which is you know, it's been a weird year. It's been up and down. Some people have been very critical of Steve Kerr. Some people have not. Some people have been critical of the Lake of some people have not. One thing everyone can unite around is uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. Just gr- best story in the NBA all year. Like, I I want to meet the person. Actually, I don't want to meet the person. Who's the person who's going, you know, why you guys too much want Scott Anderson hype, you know, like I think he's universally just like everyone loves the guy who worked his ass off was the underdog and he's a good player has turned into um, a valuable rotation player that every team in the NBA, but especially the Warriors could use. So I, among other things, I really do appreciate everything about Juan, And it's just kind of like, it's those little stories that give you a little perspective that like all the little micro minutia fighting, like eh, it's not that important, you know, <laughs> anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm turning into Safi. Yeah. I couldn't put it any better, man. I think this, the perfect capper to the regular season is, is JTA. That's, that's really, I agree with you. It's, it's really what, it's really what this season is about. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and like we said it, um, if you guys didn't check it out, uh, our last pod on the JTA signing, like he's the most weird, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
we believe player on this roster. So like whether you think this team is like we believe or not, you got to acknowledge Juan's got some serious we believe vibes to him. And I don't know. I think I think it's going to work in the Warriors' favor when we get to the playoffs. Which now we got to go through this convoluted play-in game scenario. <laughs> but you know, we'll get there. Uh, should we do it now, or, or what are we doing? Callers, or, or what are we doing here? Let's do callers. I assume most people okay. want to talk about. Obviously, the Warriors play Memphis at twelve thirty. But let's let the callers bring everything to the table. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash LightYears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Maxwell, what's up, my man? What's up, boys? Um, I think we can all agree this was the best win of the season. Uh, doesn't get <laughs> higher stakes than this. But seriously, um, so this is more of a question for next year. So... Assuming the starting lineup next year is Steph, Clay, Wiggs, Dre, Wiseman, the bench would be Jordan, Baze, Kavan, Juan, and maybe someone else we pick up. Would we have one of the deepest teams in the league? Could we actually say strength in numbers again? God, Maxwell, <laughs> Maxwell, you you just you just made Steve Kerr smile. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I would hope they add at least two, you know, if they're not going to swing for the big trade, my, my, my gut feeling, I've, I've said this many times, my gut feeling is I don't think they're going to make a trade unless it's like a home run. You know, I think they're going to go strength in numbers. Um, I, I'm hopeful they sign like two to three veterans to add to the team next year. Like uh, just, just players who are better than, let's say Kelly Oubre and stuff in the rotation, but yeah, there's a, there, I guess the options to add players would be, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's not, it, it's a couple options, right? They'll still have their mid um, taxpayer mid level. They'll obviously have the vet minimum minimum, but they have two first round draft picks is, is Sam, you tweeted that the most likely scenario right now is that Minnesota pick conveys to five, which is perfect. No, no, no. I said the most like the most likely scenario is they have the fifth best odds to get the number one pick. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, wow, sorry, that's way more convoluted than. Okay, that, I did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's not okay. it's not even it's not even fun. But like that pick, there's a very good chance it's conveying to the Warriors. Could be four, could be seven. But it sounds like the Warriors are going to get the pick. Either way, like I guess not either way. You rather have it at four and five, right? Seven is a sure. big difference. But the Warriors are going to have two first round picks, most likely. So. You probably, if you want to get a decent player, 
are going to have to trade one or not, or two of them, right? So that's one route to get that. The tax limit level is going to be someone like a Marcus Saul or an Avery Bradley type of guy. Not those players, but those type of guys, those veterans. Just solid, solid rotation, than, like trust in the playoff guys. Better than Bazemore, right? Like, so immediately you're like, okay, Bazemore takes a step down. Damian Lee's not going to play as much. Mulder's not even going to play, right? Like, even JTA is going to take a little bit of a step back. So, like, those guys, like, you're going to, you, that's one guy. And then with the trade, that's two guys. So, I think when you say two guys, I think that's, that's your best bet right there, right? And then maybe what can you do with Kelly Oubre with the signing trade? If there's a signing trade, or maybe they just let Kelly Oubre go, which is, which kind of sucks. But that just might just be the case, right? They just might have to let him go. Um, they might also just get a trade exception for Oubre, like the, this thing they did with Iguodala, where it's like, the Celtics just did it with um, uh, what's his name? They they lost uh, you know Gordon Hayward and then yeah, that's um, a massive one yeah and then they got they got trade exception and they get they get M Fournier like the Warriors might have to do the same thing where it's like we have this trade exception we just have to wait till the deadline to see who we can acquire with it so for the first half of the season you watch Damian Lee but in the second half maybe you get to watch. Uh, Jeez, I, I don't even know who's a potential like guy for next season. But like you follow where I'm going, with right, this, right? Right, right. Yeah, right. So right. they may they may enter the season with an incomplete roster. Anyway, let's move forward instead of keeping it moving. Let's move forward, guys. All right. Uh, what's up, man? Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all for having me on, man. Uh, I can't believe that I watched 48 minutes of uh, these two teams playing tonight. Um, kind of it was like i was sitting on the sideline at 24-hour fitness but um (laughs) the the question that i was asking myself is um is alan smiley the worst player in the nba right now and um if y'all can help me think of anyone else who is worse and then one further is he the worst player in nba history thank you i appreciate it have a good night that is a great question one i am worried that the chat's gonna short circuit the app because I got like 30, like, yes, yes, definitely at the same time. So, um, we'll start there. Uh, I don't even know how to answer that. Like <laughs> there have been so many, play- I, here's the thing about smiley. And I think we were saying this before the season about James Wiseman, you know, sometimes you, you, you'll know in the first couple games, whether he's going to be an NBA player or not. Right. So you watch James Wiseman in the first couple games, and you're like, yeah, the dude's going to be a good NBA player. It's just a matter of when he's going to be I'm good. A rock- Someone in the mentions goes, I'm a Rockets fan, and Smiley is worse than our roster. <laughs> hey, Tillman Fertitta's excited, though. He's never been more excited about the future of the, the Houston Rockets. Smiley, when you watch him move around on the basketball court, legitimately looks like, like he looks like me trying to play basketball if I were playing on NBA basketball. He looks like me trying to play basketball against D1 players. Like, that's probably a better comp. Like, it is so ugly out there. I just don't understand how someone went to Serbia and watched Smiley <laughs> Some, play basketball. Someone in the mentions goes, I don't know if, I don't know if Maples would sub him in at Contra-Costa. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, sorry. Betty Young, Chinese right. I do play at, I do play at uh, Chinatown Rec sometimes. But it's it's... I, right, like, how can someone watching him like this? How can someone wa- have watched him two years ago, Sam? It wasn't even like last year, right? This is ago. this is where this is where the problem is. The problem is not that Smiley's <laughs> not a good player. Like the NBA is littered with guys who get a shot 
don't make it and never come back. Like that's that's just how it goes. The the problem is the media tour. Our guy Connor Letourneau has probably written hundred thousand words on Smiley. I don't know if I've written a hundred thousand words about anything. Like he's just like like he like every few months we get a new Raymond Ritter special about like the Smiley. And then he plays on the court. You watch him. You're like, this guy's, I don't even know if this guy's a EuroLeague player, to be honest. Like he's so far below the NBA. And I just wanted to make it clear. All smiley slander is more of like a Warriors front office slander than anything. He's just not, he's not good. He's someone in the mention said him and Nico are awful. Nico Mannion is a guy who could play in the NBA if he could shoot. Like I he's agree. a good enough passer and he has feel, but like he's not good enough to be an NBA player if that shot doesn't go down. I don't under I don't know what Smiley Beach does at an NBA level. He does he's not athletic enough, he's not big enough. He doesn't shoot the ball well. Um I guess he screens. And, he's not, and he doesn't have the <laughs> IQ. No, but like, he, like with Nico, I'm with you. Like you take a flyer on guys like Nico in the second. Like I wouldn't because he's too small. But like I can see why you, why someone would. Nico's uh, a guy who, if he turns into sense. a 38 percent three point shooter, he he has a 10 year career because he does everything else sufficiently well. Like he had seven assists tonight, but like it's not even about the numbers. You watch him play, you're like. This is a point guard. He knows exactly how to read the floor. Like, he reminds me of like Raul Neto, you know, like that sort of thing, right? But it's like if you if you can't, but like that's a, that's an NBA back. I understand. Right? Yeah, it's like, um, but like it, until Nico can hit shots at a consistent clip, he's not an NBA player. Smiley, it's like, dude, man, I don't, I don't see what exactly it is you do here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll move it on. It's it's too much smiley talk for me. We'll move up. We'll keep we'll move forward to the next guy. Keep moving, Jake. What's up, man? Yeah, you guys talking about smiley kind of reminds me of the Stephen A. Smith talking about Kwame Brown segment, just <laughs> listing all of the things he sucks at. It's a bona fide slut. Bona fide yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, my my. Yeah, my question is, I think for Sam primarily, would you rather sit in a room with Fitz and listen to him talk about three-point shooting or sit in a room with Dean Preston talking about housing? <laughs> that is a great question. Uh, Jake, I'll take your question off there. I'm going to go with Fitz uh, because housing stuff infuriates me a little. Fitz is more like funny. The, the housing stuff drives me insane. We're going to leave it there. Andy's completely checked out. <laughs> I have fit stakes, but we'll move on to the next guy. Yo. John, what's up, my man? What's up, guys? Hey, it's always good to see him get a win, you know, and I'm really glad they brought in Jordan Bell. Good to see him back. Had a couple good rotations on defense. Got away with hammering uh, Alexander towards the end. And we would have got that rebound if Pascal wasn't busy standing in the corner trying to talk shit to that guy that got the tech earlier in the game. I don't know what Pascal's problem is. He was totally wrapped up into that guy's mind. His feels are off or something. But anyways, it was fun to see. We all know that Smiley's bad. He's like the Dean Preston of politics. He's awful. They're both awful. <laughs> so you know, Back-to-back Dean Preston calls. Yeah, that guy only won by like 50 votes in my old, old district to uh, someone that like London Bree 
you know, she trounced him twice. You know, that guy's garbage. Anyways, um, <laughs> you know, sorry, a little too much inside San Francisco for anyone who's not there. Um, but hey, it tells us what we have available. Jordan Poole going to the D League and working on his game, having the Austin to work on his game helped a lot. And those are the things that get us worried about guys like Wiseman who aren't going to have that off season, right? Um, and it makes you wonder about guys like Pascal who had that time, who wasn't injured over the offseason and still has a clunky shot, which is why we're like, no, I don't know about that guy, right? So that, that, that's why I get worried about these filler people. But like that one caller said, hey, we might have a decent bench next year. Bring in a couple of vets, maybe make some noise. Hopefully Clay's healthy. But I think for now, let's focus in on beating Memphis. I think we can do it. Go in, smack the Lakers. Let's get the seventh seed, play Phoenix, knock their asses out. All right, have a good one, guys. <laughs> John, you I appreciate talk, it. That was a you great call. Some, Go ahead. You want to talk to Memphis? Let's let's take this. He brought up Memphis. Let's take a few seconds to talk to Memphis. Um, I I don't know how to feel about the game because the last time the Warriors played Memphis, Steph didn't play. So I'm not both times. Sure. Both times they played the back to back without Steph. Like right? we, yeah, it was. And very, to be fair, neither neither did Jaron Jackson, and like they're just two yeah. different teams. Let's be real. It, yeah, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. no. We have no take. No frame on of it. reference. We have no. We yeah. have no like. John Morant played, but John Morant was was just coming back from injury. Like it wasn't. It, it just. It was a close game for whatever reason. It just. It wasn't very. Uh, it, it's not going to be reflective of what we're going to see on Sunday. Um, we went on the House of Strauss uh, yesterday, and I thought of something. I, I do feel like Steph is going to have something. Like we know the way Steph is playing right now is amazing, but uh, John Morant and Steph did have a little tussle, <laughs> as in a verbal tussle. Uh, so. I think that Steph is going to have a little bit something for John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies outside of just the usual, like, oh, we got to win this game anyway. So that's going to be something uh, fun to look forward to uh, on Sunday. But I, I think that it's a good matchup for the Warriors, though, Sam. I think out of these play-in teams, I don't think any of them are that tough outside of the Lakers, obviously. I think, you know, these you got the Spurs, you got Memphis, and then even, like, you throw in the Portland, who might be one of these. Like, I, they're not, like, extremely tough. And I think Memphis is just kind of like there's there's nothing there. They've never played Steph before. They've never guarded Steph. Like that's something that you just don't know what to do until you actually have to play him ten times. I also think that what makes this so fascinating is single elimination. Like I think you and I both agree if it's a series, I feel pretty confident about the Warriors winning it handily. But in a single elimination game, the same reason maybe we feel confident that they would beat the Lakers. Um, not that we think the Warriors, this Warriors team is better than the LeBron Anthony Davis Lakers. You, you also get like a little worried, like what if the Grizzlies get hot? What if Steph's cold? That sort of thing. So I think right. that all makes it fascinating. I do think the Grizz get after it defensively. My big, my big concern with the game will be, um, rebounding, to be honest. It's like the Grizzlies can't shoot the ball, but they do get a ton of offensive rebounds, right? So. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if the Warriors can really push the pace and change the tempo of the game. Because if it's an up and down game, I think they win pretty handily. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, JJJ, he's back. You got Jonas. Um, he's back, but, but like JJJ, has, I don't think JJJ has even played 30 minutes in the game yet. So you know, yeah, he. It's just that, that's what someone just said. And you're just like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? Like he's come back from a pretty big injury. <laughs> like it's right, he's played he's played, six, he's played six six to seven games. Like there's a <laughs> <laughs> Let's be realistic. We're, talk, we're talking he's going to have to play winning basketball. 
And we're yeah. not just talking about, like, he's just going out there and playing 10. Yeah, sure, anybody got there and played 20 minutes. But we're talking about 20 minutes against Steph Curry. Like, your ass is going to get torched. Like, we, <laughs> like, like Steph is going to go off for 45 if, if that's the case. So, the one th- um, I, I was going to say, the yeah. one thing we didn't talk on is the Warriors' last, or Steph and Draymond's last game was Tuesday. So they will have five days of mm. rest, mm. which is something that they haven't had in a long time. And, you know, it's going to be a rest versus rust thing, but I think it's going to probably work in the Warriors' favor, right? I think also one more thing. But yes, yes. And I think one thing we have to remember, too, is, you know what's most likely going to happen? They win this game, 8 seed, play the Lakers, lose, and then play Memphis again. And then that's the actual elimination game. So there's actually going to be what that's what I think is going to happen. There's actually going to be one more game against Memphis where it's actually win or go home. So it's, this will be a nice preview for that. I think so. I agree. All right, let's keep moving. Let's get to a few more callers and we'll cut this short tonight. James Stein. What's up, man? Hey, what's up guys? Hey, I don't think enough has been said about um, what the Clippers did tonight. I think they intentionally lost that game to, uh, avoid the Lakers, and I think it's a pretty smart move, and it, and it pretty much guarantees them Portland. I think because Denver can't win that game now; they have to let Portland win. I think for them to avoid the Lakers, has that been talked about at all? Jam, say it again one more time. Sorry. Like the Clippers lost that game tonight to kind of put the pressure, I think, on Denver because Denver can't lose to Portland on Sunday because if they lose. Or if if Denver wins against the Portland, they'll be ah, okay. and then they'll play the Lakers at six. So they know, I think they know they'll get Portland in the three six now. Uh, Clippers know that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's some posturing there. It's it's uh, by the way, great call. I feel like the Clippers want to fall to four. I think they're looking at the um, the standings and seeing the Lakers the Nuggets would be on one side of the bracket and on the other side, they'd have it the other way. I think everyone's posturing with with um, with their seating is what's going on right now. And we'll, we'll see. I mean, the Nuggets could do the same thing. The Nuggets could the Nuggets could decide, you know, Jokic has like a, you know, uh, sprained cuticle in his finger or something like that and just kind of go the other way. But it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how this whole thing plays out because – I don't think anyone gives a you know shit about their seed. Everyone wants to get the matchup path they want, and like just being honest, you don't want to be on the same side as the Lakers or the Clippers. If you can push them into one side of the bracket, like Andy, Andy, think about this: if the Clippers have the three seed and the Lakers have the seven seed, how confident would you be about the Warriors being able to make a run to the Western Conference Finals? Well, that that's what. That's the goal. That's what Warriors fans have been excited about, right? Because if you get Utah or even Phoenix as the first round series, and then you're telling me you could get Denver or Portland in the in the second round series, you're telling me that's possible. I'm telling you that's a Western Conference Finals path, right? Any day of the week. And then you're telling me that you can get the, either the Clippers or the Lakers off a seven game series, and this is with AD and and LeBron nursing injuries, right? And and a Clippers team that's you know known for choking. Especially a team that just choked last season, I should say. Like anything's possible, but again, it's like it's so far away that I'm 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 more like, right. I, I don't think of it too much. I, here's I have a take about these teams doing this with the seeding. I don't know whether they're doing this or not. I think it's kind of loserish mentality, though. I think if you're a team that 
And again, I don't know if they're doing this or not, but I think if you're a team that thinks you're a championship team, why do you feel like you need to lose or you need to play a certain, you know, matchup, right? Like just play who's in front of you. If you're the best team in the NBA, you're going to win. It's not like the Western Conference is, is like amazingly tougher than the Eastern. It's better, but it's not like it's so much tougher than the East where the, like, I don't, I, I just think it's soft. It's soft. You just play who's in front of you. Uh, I would say I would say the answer is if you feel like you have guys who are nursing injuries, you want to if they're you want that's fair. You want to uh, maybe make your path, particularly in this weird season, as favorable as possible. Yeah, I was gonna say but, if they're resting, you can't. But with that them. said, they're soft. They're not champions. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mouse ass fucking champion. <laughs> All right, Ricky, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. What's going on? So did you all see the um, the Steve Kerr quote about um, envisioning Poole as a six-man? Yeah. So um, is, it, is that um, the sure sign that perhaps Kelly Oubre isn't coming back next season? I don't think so. I think, um, first off, Steve probably shouldn't say stuff like that because it's probably just going to make Jordan Poole feel like I'm better than a six-man. But I, I don't think um, – they need they need a lot of players. I don't think uh, he, he, that means anything. <laughs> you don't think so, Sam? I uh, I mean, only it's, it's, only it's, other than Steve Kerr's thinking in short term goals that he doesn't want. Um, they doesn't think Jordan Poole's going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, I don't think Kelly Oubre is coming back. I, 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 if I had a choice, I would like Kelly Oubre to come back because I think there's enough potential there, but. Um, yeah, I think Steve sees him as a Jordan Clarkson and maybe ceiling is higher, maybe not, but I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. I think right now Jordan Poole is a six man. I think Steve's right. Yeah, maybe. God, we'll see. I can't believe I see. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he's not. I I'm, should, in, I'm in on, that. I'm, I'm in on the Steve Jordan Poole lineups, but we'll see what happens. Antonio, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, y'all? I was literally just about to ask about that quote, but, um, in a different direction. I feel like we talk about next year's bench a lot. And I know it's a big un- uncertainty, but I'm just really interested in Jessup because I feel like we have Mulder who respects him and made it to the NBA, but he's like a fake good shooter. And I think Jessup, like, he can just be decent at defense with like, his build and he can be like an actual good shooter. And I'm just like kind of excited about that. Or would you guys rather have like a bench shooter who's more experienced? For next year, Antonio, appreciate the, the the call. I'm gonna say, I just want to add a couple Both? players for experience. They Both? don't they don't need to be a shooter. They don't need to be a shooter. Like they just need to add a couple veterans. You know, if they add a veteran like passer and then the shooter is a young guy, that's cool. Or vice versa, right? <laughs> Trevor Reza is playing pretty well right now. Trevor Reza would be a fantastic. Oh, he's in kid. in the Miami culture. Shout out culture. Yeah. Right, like the shout out to the to being in the Miami Heat culture, like that's a that's a guy that you know is a good basketball player, and you can just plug and play a vet like that. So, you know, this season he probably wouldn't have come to the Warriors, right? Because he was like, well, this team's not going to win a championship. Why we even bother? But I think those are guys that you want to look at. And Jessup, I, I like who knows about Jessup? We just we just don't know. We no, we have no idea. He could come over here. He could be smiley. Right? It's doubtful, but you just you really you just don't know. Speak for uh, speak for yourself. I'm just watching Jessup highlights all day. I have, are are they done? Because I don't feel like I've seen Jessup highlights on my timeline lately. 
maybe uh <laughs> maybe the season's over and I don't know I don't follow Australian basketball guys so you gotta help me out but uh but uh who knows I mean like even if he comes over he's not playing minutes that matter that's the other thing that's true all right keep moving Benjamin what's up man? you hear me we can hear you all right ah uh, I just want to ask uh what what would you think it would about uh so I I give a lot of credit to the Santa Cruz Warriors for Jordan Poole and Quantus Scott Anderson. I think that should be talked about. Like I don't think the Warriors can develop, but I think the Santa Cruz have been developing. So I wonder. I was asking you how would it be if James Wiseman would have gone down to the G League, how he would have looked instead. Okay, Ben, appreciate the question. Um, it's a great question. Can the, can the Warriors send? Wiseman to Santa Cruz. I feel like it's too politically uh, tough, right? I mean, like part of it was why did Juan Toscano Anderson play basketball earlier this season for this team? It was political, right? It wasn't that like Steve knew that he could play basketball. He liked him. It's not like he's an idiot, <laughs> uh, but he just couldn't play him because you know maybe you have to play Wiseman more. Maybe and then if you think about it from that perspective, yeah, can you imagine them sending the number two pick James Wiseman to the G League? I, for, like two things in terms of confidence. One, it would be good for him because he'd be really good in the G League, but it would also be bad because, damn, you're sending a number two pick to the G League. Like, is this guy Ashim the Beat? Right? Like, like, then it becomes really, it, it might hurt his confidence a little bit. And we saw the way that he dealt with kind of confidence issues throughout this entire season. So, I, yeah, Sam, I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess it would be good technically from a developmental, developmental perspective, but, uh, I don't, you can, I don't think you can do it, though. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, and to, I mean, it's it's like that uh, – it's a faux pas. Like, it's it's not like baseball where the minor leagues are accepted. So, yeah. yeah. Bar- we'll give Jimmy Bar- another shot here. Come back up. Jesus. <laughs> Relax. Jimmy, you there? Can you hear me? Hey, Jim- there we go. Yeah, Jimmy, we can hear you. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Hey, uh, do you think uh, – Marquise Chris and uh, GR3 will be back uh, next season. Thanks, guys. That's a great question. Um, I would be surprised if one of them were back. I, I don't know that both will be back. Do you, what do you think, Andy? I, th- I think both are on the Warriors' radar for sure. I, I just think the Warriors are going to do the thing where they, they hope they can acquire someone who's more established, but like yep. they know they have guys there that quote-unquote fit that they like. I think the battle is between Marquise Chris and Jordan Bell. Um, and, and we didn't even talk about Jordan Bell tonight. I didn't think, I didn't think he looked that bad. I, I honestly, I thought he was fine. A good uh, call. You know, the dunk notwithstanding. You know, I thought he was fine. Um, I don't know who to pick. Marquise Chris is coming off an injury. I do think they – I don't understand why GR3 is not on this team, though. That, that's one guy I don't understand. I, I, not that they would have helped the Warriors win like eight more games. But I just think he's a he's just a perfect fit. He's a perfect fit. He makes threes. Uh, he doesn't really make mistakes. He doesn't make the dumb mistakes that some of these other guys do, like Uber and Bazemore, by dribbling into people. He plays defense solidly. He's long, right? He's athletic and he's long. He's not great, but he's a solid ninth man. And I just don't understand why he's not on this team. I would like him to be on the team next season. I I, I thought that's a it's a great call. I would really like to see him on this team next season. Um, but you would like to see him as a ninth man, not as a uh, not as a uh, seventh guy, right? Not as a sixth or seventh guy, which is maybe what he would have been this season. I agree with you, man. I agree. All right, last caller of the night. 
We're going to end it early tonight. It's Friday night. You guys should go do something social, guys. <laughs> uh, Aaron, what's up, man? What a club. Aaron, what's up, man? Damn it. Uh-huh. Am I ever- yeah, so, there we go. There we go. Every time I, like, request to speak, I, like, close out of the app and I'm, like, checking Twitter or something. So, like, that's what ends up happening. <laughs> You're good. You're good, man. Uh, I, I didn't watch the game. I have no idea what happened. I know the Warriors won at the end of the day. I hope Jordan pulls all right. Clearly, he came back and played. I just want to call and say, you guys are great. You guys, I want you to keep doing what you're doing. I've listened to you guys on Ethan's uh, podcast today, and I just want to hype you guys up and let you know that the entire Bay Area loves you. I live in Washington now. We love you. Keep doing your fucking thing, and uh, go Dubs. Bringing a tear to my eye. You know what? You know, this is just how we need to end this. Someone, someone's chasing a wins with us. Um, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> cry. I'm gonna fucking cry. Oh my god. <laughs> nah, we appreciate every one of you. We will be back on Sunday. Um, okay. Sunday will be, by the way, an extended show. Uh, unless yes, the Warriors win. Unless, you know, it'll be, it'll be good times. Um, what else we wanna say? I think uh, that's it. I think we'll end with some positive vibes. <laughs> Alright, guys. Appreciate y'all. See y'all Sunday. Later.